Welcome to the Your Health, Your Way podcast, the health podcast for renegades. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and the creator of the website, therenegadenp.com. I have over 10 years of clinical experience helping patients heal their bodies and feel their best. I'm here to share actionable information about integrative health, nutrition, and fitness that can get you started on your journey to optimal wellness. I'm also here to answer your questions and talk with health and wellness experts. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Your Health, Your Way podcast. In today's episode, I am talking all about embracing the idea of an unconventional holiday season, how small actions can turn into big wins, and managing stress by creating boundaries. All of these things feel like they are skewing towards the unpopular opinion side of things, which I'm fine with. I fully embrace my unpopular opinions, but just be warned. I also want to mention that I'm recording this the week after the election, so it's November 2020, and while I'm not going to get deep into any of that today, I do want to say that I have shared a fair amount of my thoughts around the intersection of politics and health over on Instagram if you follow me over there. A lot of people are either being called out for not sharing their thoughts or where they stand on certain issues, and then the people who are making it very clear where they do stand are getting a lot of hate spewed at them for bringing politics into it. I have started some notes for a deeper dive into some of this, but I do just want to say that politics and health are closely linked. There are these things called the social determinants of health, such as access to healthcare, the neighborhood you live in, your socioeconomic status, and so on, which are deeply impacted by political decisions. So you can't actually discuss health in a holistic sense without acknowledging these things. So at some point, I will get to this whole episode about this topic because I think that it is really important to understand. And I don't think a lot of people get how all of this stuff is connected or they choose not to acknowledge it, which either way is not okay. So yeah, I will get to that eventually. Cool. So if you're still listening, let's talk about unconventional holidays and boundaries. So this year is going to be an interesting holiday season. And I think that the key here is to embrace the change, accept that things will be different and that things need to evolve and avoid comparison with previous years. Trying to replicate all of your previous years of holiday celebrations is going to make this year feel really inferior and terrible and nobody wants that. One thing that you can consider is outdoor gatherings because those are safer. So if you live in a place where the weather is still good, but actually might not stay that way, you could consider moving your holiday celebration to an earlier date if you want to get together. That ship has sailed here in Alaska. It is currently, as I'm recording this, uh, snowing. It was supposed to rain today. It did not do that, but it is snowing for the second time in a week. But consider that you don't have to have your holiday celebration on the day of the holiday. I know that feels really awkward for a lot of people, but if you have family that works in healthcare or the service industry, you've probably at some point rearranged your holiday celebration because somebody had to work on Thanksgiving or Christmas. So if you've ever done that before, you know that it's not really that big of a deal for most people. Um, some people have a really hard time with the idea of celebrating a holiday on a different day. So 
I'm not making any judgments about that. I'm just saying if you want to get together, outside is significantly safer. And if you need to do that sooner rather than later, that's what you need to do. Also, if you live local to your family, you could consider having each family member cook whatever they typically cook and then divide that into portions for each household. You could either drop those off or have a place where everyone can pick up their entire meal when it's time to eat, and then everybody can join together on Zoom or FaceTime when it's time to have that meal together. The emotional attachment to holiday traditions is legitimate, but I really encourage you to consider the risks, especially for anybody who has to travel to the event, um, and if there are people there who are over the age of 70. And Traditions are important, but it is also okay to do something different, especially if it's a matter of safety. This is uncharted territory. I know people are tired of hearing all of these phrases to describe this year, but this is literally uncharted territory and a new era of holiday celebration, which might actually give way to new traditions. And one thing that I have kind of talked about with my closer circle of friends throughout all of this is I don't necessarily understand our obsession with getting back to the way things used to be, getting back to normal, because in a lot of cases that normal just was not serving us very well. I'm not saying that necessarily applies to celebrating holidays, but it is something to consider as you uh, figure out how you're going to navigate this holiday season. And one more thing that is sort of related to the topic of holiday gatherings is if you are in a place where you're able to shop for holiday gifts, I would really encourage you to shop for local holiday gifts to support the economy in your area. Avoid getting things from places like Amazon or other big box stores if that's possible. One trick that you can use is if you actually can't find the thing that you want locally, you can search on Amazon and then it'll list the company that is selling that. And that is often a smaller company. So you can actually go directly to that company and buy the product from them. So that actually still supports, helps to support a smaller business, even if they aren't necessarily local to you. One other thing to consider is to shop or order early because shipping and supply chain issues could be a problem. Um, and we just don't really know what's going to happen. So things are constantly changing. So consider getting that done sooner rather than later. And this is just a time of year when a lot of small businesses are able to make a profit. And this year, they, every year, small businesses count on your support. But this year, more than ever, I think they're really just counting on getting all of the support that they can. And I I know it's frustrating to pay a little extra. And look, I get it. If you truly need to get the best price on something, please do that. But if you're able to spend a little bit more um, or spend a little bit more time looking for something, consider doing your shopping in the city or area where you live at local businesses. So next I want to talk about taking small actions and how those turn into big wins. I am hosting a group starting pretty soon. Um, if you're listening to this before November 15th, you can still join us. Um, the group is called Health for the Holidays, and it is built around this concept of small actions and big wins. So rather than having a complete life overhaul, consider making smaller changes over a long period of time. This all or nothing attitude is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make across all aspects of health and wellness. We really prefer to get what we want all at once because it's less time, it's less energy, and less money spent going towards it. But what happens is you go for it, but you don't get the results that you were hoping for, and then you get discouraged. 
and then you're back where you started before you went for it. So rather than going for it all at once, what about taking small actions consistently instead? So that is easier to follow through with. You are building trust in yourself by making goals and consistently meeting those goals and meeting your expectations, which builds trust in yourself, which is critical to making these sorts of changes work. The small changes we make and the actions that support those small changes consistently actually make a bigger impact. Think about an airplane that is constantly making tiny little adjustments to its course so that it doesn't go hundreds of miles away from where it was supposed to be. I can't remember the exact math, but just being one degree off of their course at the start of their route, depending on how many miles they go, can put them hundreds, if not thousands of miles off of where they were supposed to be if they didn't make any course corrections. So it is hard to be patient and it is hard to see the results, but know that it is like compounding interest and the results build up slowly over time. Small actions require less mental investment, which results in less overthinking, No big emotional waves of trying big things, hoping it works out, and then having a huge crash when it doesn't work. This is exactly how we're doing things in Health for the Holidays. We're going to work through a series of small, consistent actions that will build up to bigger wins over the course of the four-ish weeks that we're doing this group. We aren't doing, we're not completely overhauling diets or starting new exercise routines. We are taking bite-sized chunks of things that we already do and making small shifts to them that will benefit us in the long term. And people keep telling me that the holidays is a terrible time to do this. But to that, I have two things to say. One, this year is already completely off its rocker. So why not keep shaking things up for the better? And two, why not take the time of year when people get the most stressed out and struggle with their health the most? I mean, who really wants to say no to holiday cookies? And change that. Just for the record, at no point will I tell you not to eat the cookies. If you want to eat the cookies, eat the cookies. That's not my style to say no to cookies. And number three, nothing magically changes on January 1st that's going to make it easier for you to focus on your health. So why not go into the new year miles ahead of everyone else and already feeling good so you can just keep that going rather than trying to start over again? If you can't tell, I get a little bit excited about this kind of stuff. And it just really irks me when people keep putting off and putting off and putting off doing the things that they need to do for their health or putting off addressing the way they're feeling because now isn't the right time. But when is the right time going to be? You have to just make the time. All right, the last thing I want to cover in this episode is boundaries and specifically how creating boundaries actually lowers your stress. First, I want to be clear that setting boundaries is something that comes pretty easily to me. So I actually have a hard time relating to a lot of the struggles that people have in this area, but I'm going to do my best to talk it through in a way that is helpful for you. So I hope I hope that I'm able to do that for you. I am very much a no first kind of person, and this might sound really negative to a lot of people, but I am an only child. I am an Enneagram 8. I am a rebel tendency, if you know about Gretchen Rubin's tendencies, and I'm an introvert, which means I like to be by myself, I like to be in control, and I'm not a fan of sharing things, and I really don't like to do what everyone else is doing. So the answer is probably no, unless you can give me a good reason for it to be another way. One thing that seems to come up every year about this time is how to deal with people who don't respect your requests or the boundaries that you attempt to set. 
And that can be around anything. So food, drinks, the way they talk to your kids, gifts, whatever. This year, I suspect there will be a lot of discussion related to comfort levels with gatherings and travel. So this is still very much a relevant conversation, even if you're not actually getting together with your family. It can be really hard to set these boundaries, especially with family and especially with people like your parents. If you don't feel welcome by how they speak to you, again, related to food or alcohol or whatever, then it can be really difficult to see the opening to enjoy their company or enjoy spending time with them. There's a quote that I really love from a woman named Ayanla. I think that's how you say her name, Van Zant, And it says, Love people enough to tell them the truth and respect them enough to trust that they can handle it. I think this can be really difficult to practice, but I also think that approaching a conversation from this place is the only way to handle these difficult situations. Again, this can be really hard when it comes to speaking to your parents, but I think that the one thing that becomes apparent as you get older is that our parents are just people just like the rest of us and we all have our flaws. None of us are perfect. I distinctly remember the time that I realized when my relationship with my parents had changed since we were all adults. Like it was no longer me being their child, although I still am. But it was just a weird feeling to feel that shift in our relationship. They may not realize that some of the things that they say to you are painful for you. And if you don't tell them, they will never know. And a lot of the time, I think we need to give people the benefit of the doubt that they aren't intentionally trying to hurt you. Again, I'm not one to give people this sort of credit, but I don't think that the intent of most family members is to hurt each other. So we need to learn how to have the difficult conversations, especially when you hit the place where you just can't ignore the issue at hand anymore. You can't keep ignoring the conversation, especially if you decided that these are people you want to spend any time with or have any sort of meaningful relationship with. I know that we feel like we should avoid these hard conversations because we don't want to hurt or upset people, but it's actually more loving and honest to be completely direct with them. It is important to have sensitivity and recognize that what you say may not be received in a loving way, but if we don't give someone the truth, we don't give them the opportunity to handle it or to choose not to handle it. I think that we believe that we are protecting people by not telling them the truth, but what's really happening is that we aren't showing them love or respect. When you are setting boundaries with people like, are you coming to holiday dinner or will you be bringing your own food? If you're honest and direct in your answers, so saying yes, no, or I don't know if you don't know, people will always know where they stand with you, which goes a long way towards having a good relationship and positive interactions in the future. If people are going to block you or ignore you when you create these boundaries and protect yourself, are those people that you really want to have in your life anyway? People might disagree with me on this. I know that my mother was certainly not a fan of this concept, but I do not think that we are obligated to have a relationship with someone just because we are related by blood. If you want to have a positive relationship in order for that to happen or for your relationship to be in a good place or a place of growth, you need to be honest and give the person the opportunity to handle your feelings. Make sure somebody knows that you care about them before you challenge them. So you can buffer your conversation with something like, I love you and I care about you and I want to spend time with you so that they know that first. But you are not helping anything by avoiding the conversation year after year. You are actually teaching people how to treat you. So putting up with that behavior teaches people that it's okay to keep doing it. You can approach it head on and directly, which is definitely what you should do if you're trying to spend time with this person or you want to spend time with this person. 
But again, you don't have to spend time with everyone in your family. You can say no to events where these people who don't respect your boundaries or you don't have a positive interaction or relationship with, you can say no to these events. It is truly your choice. Also remember that avoiding the conversation year after year causes stress and dread for you, but the other person probably isn't feeling this because they don't know that anything's wrong. So it's actually your responsibility if you're feeling upset about the way things go every year to voice it and step up and address it. No, this is not easy or comfortable, but it is quite literally the only way to handle it. You are the only one who is stressed out by avoiding the conversation because since this other person has no idea that there's even a conversation that's being avoided. So you build resentment and somehow expect the other person to change without giving them the information or the opportunity. I'm sure we've all had this experience where you get really worked up or upset by something that someone else said or did. A lot of time it's a significant other or a spouse, but they actually have no idea that you feel that way. And the longer you wait to bring it up, the more worked up and stressed out you are. It makes it really hard to have a conversation about it. The other person feels blindsided and has no idea why you're so upset with them. So you have to tell them. If you make the choice to speak up and set these boundaries, Remember that it is incredibly hard for other people to handle it when you make a decision to change. It's uncomfortable for them because they aren't necessarily willing to change themselves. They want you to stay the same and you've been telling them by not taking action or addressing this year after year that it's okay for them to treat you that way. Sometimes they might feel like the choices that they're making are no longer good enough for you even though most of us aren't looking at it that way when we make changes. But for example, um, with dietary changes, you start to avoid gluten and your mom feels incredibly guilty for feeding you gluten most of your life. When in reality, it's nothing. She didn't, she wasn't doing it to harm you. You've just made this choice moving forward not to eat it. And you don't hold that against her when she did it because she had no idea. People also worry about you judging them for making different choices. So will you think that they are making bad choices because you're not eating gluten and they continue to eat gluten? Probably not. In most cases, that doesn't seem to be how it how it plays out. But that is where the thinking of other people tends to go in a lot of cases. Consistency is also important. It's difficult for others if they only see you once a year and you're always doing something different. This isn't necessarily bad and doesn't mean that you need to change, but understand that they may have a hard time taking a choice seriously when you're always doing something different. Some of the stress and guilt can be alleviated by focusing on why you're doing what you're doing. So I feel better when, rather than telling them why something is bad and maybe they shouldn't do either. So like gluten causes leaky gut. That's why I don't eat it. If you just say, I feel better when, that sort of helps to alleviate some of the stress and guilt that they feel. Also be specific and direct, but remember that you probably don't want to have these conversations when emotions are already high. So it's often better to have them before an event, before the event has been planned, rather than during Christmas dinner or during Thanksgiving dinner, having a conversation about why you're not coming to Christmas dinner. Those those things need to be, you just need to be aware of, read the room, read the temperature of the room. And those conversations often go a lot better when it is, emotions are not high. Then specifically related to setting boundaries, you want to be firm with them and follow through. Say what you mean and stick with it. You can't set them and not follow through with them and then expect people to believe that you mean it when you say it in the future. If the boundary that you need to set is something specifically related to family at holiday events, let there be a year where things are not the way that they've always been and allow that to be the opening to discuss how you can make it so it's comfortable for everybody. 
I've heard of plenty of situations where people set the boundary if whatever the thing that's causing the problem doesn't change, so maybe the way somebody speaks to your children, then they say that they're just not going to come to this event next year. And honestly, this year, since it's already going to be pretty different for most people, might be a good opening to have that conversation. If your boundaries are around taking responsibility for your health, that can actually be a catalyst for other deeper conversations. It shows that you have the power to change things, which again, makes people uncomfortable, both with their own unwillingness to change and their desire for you not to change. When it comes to guilt and blame around food choices specifically, because this is an area that seems to get extra heated for some reason, people will often feel guilty for offering something to you if you aren't eating or drinking it. So keep a light attitude about it and just kind of move on. Melissa Urban of Whole30 fame talks a lot about how she's quote unquote not drinking right now. And she gets tons of questions every time she mentions this about how to set that boundary and have other people respect it. And this is an area where I actually don't understand why it's so hard for people. And before you get offended or annoyed with me, let me explain. So I don't drink alcohol and I actually never have. It's a choice that I made a long time ago. And in my entire adult life, I have never had an issue with this boundary. If somebody offers me a drink, I simply say, no, thank you. If they ask me why, I just say, I don't really drink alcohol and leave it at that. If they persist, I just continue to politely decline. And this is actually, it's rare that they continue to ask me if I want a drink or why I don't want a drink. The key is not making a big deal about it. The funny thing is that there are actually people who would swear up and down that they have at some point seen me consume alcohol. And the only reason I can think of that this is true is that I have such a nonchalant attitude about this part of my behavior that it doesn't make them uncomfortable for making a different choice. So it's a non-issue. It's not a thing. I just don't drink and I don't care if other people do. So I have no problem setting that boundary. Again, this might just be because I have literally done this for my entire life, but it can be that simple. If you don't make a big deal about it, other people won't feel like it's a big deal either. If there are people who are offended by your decisions, who are these people and why does their opinion even matter to you? Other people having expectations of you or getting upset with you has nothing to do with you. You can mitigate some of this by having conversations ahead of time, like just a little reminder that this is how I eat and here's what you can expect from me. I'm going to bring my own stuffing to dinner or however that conversation goes. Some people have nothing better to do than get worked up about what you do or don't do, so you don't really have any control over that, unfortunately. And you have to own that you taught them that this is an okay way to treat you because you haven't addressed this conversation or you haven't addressed this issue at hand yet. So you've allowed it and that is teaching them that it is okay to treat you that way. But the good news is the more that you do these things that people don't understand and the more that you follow through with them, the more people will see that this is what you're all about and they'll get used to that behavior. Then it will just be expected that you're doing something different and they won't be so worked up about it anymore. So that's all I've got for today. I hope that this was helpful for you. And if you're listening to this in real time, so November 11th, 2020, then please come check out the Health for the Holidays group. You can find a link for that in the show notes or via my Instagram bio. I'm at the.renegade.np over there. Or you can go to therenegadenp.com slash health dash for dash the dash holidays. So there's dashes in between all the words. Probably should have picked a better URL for that, but oh well. I would absolutely love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. 